Kephart Communications podcast is hosted by School District of Washington Superintendent Dr. Jennifer Kephart. With help from our team in the Washington High School CAPS program, Dr. Kephart and her guests share information ranging from district happenings, current events, and student experiences to keep listeners informed about the School District of Washington. If you are a parent, district employee, or community member, this podcast is for you. Let's welcome Dr. Kephart and her guest, Mr. John McCulloch, to share more about the financial overview of the district and recent updates to our facilities. Thank you, Lily, for the introduction, and thank you to Mr. McCullough for joining us today in the CAP studio. Mr. McCullough is joining the School District of Washington as our Assistant Superintendent for Operations and Finance. He has been in the district one additional year than I have, so three years in the school district, and comes to the School District of Washington with previous experience as a superintendent, and certainly his expertise in finance operations are incredible to us and helpful to me as a superintendent. So, Mr. McCullough, thank you for joining us. I'll let you share a little bit more about your background. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me here today. Um, This is my 26th year in education. I began in 1996 uh, out of college as a high school teacher and uh, coach at Salem High School. Um, I also taught briefly at North Callaway Middle School. My administrative career began as a middle school principal in 2005. I served in that role for five years. After that, I moved to the central office position at Salem R80 as an assistant superintendent, was in that position for five years, and then became superintendent of of Salem R80, served in that position for five additional years before moving to Washington three years ago. I'm currently in my 26th year in public education. And can you tell us and the listeners a little bit more about your specific roles in the district? Sure. So I oversee district finance and operations. Of course, finance is oversee budget development and uh, budget expenditures throughout the year. Um, The budget department I oversee includes myself, a budget director, accounts payable, purchasing, and two ladies in payroll. Uh, Along with that area, I work closely with uh, human resources uh, and Dr. Franson with salary development and benefit packages for our employees. Along the area of operations, I oversee daily operations, including maintenance, custodial, food service, transportation, network infrastructure, and I also oversee capital projects, including building projects. So just a little bit busy. A little bit. It keeps me busy for sure. Well, we certainly appreciate all of your hard work. Today, we're going to focus our conversation in the beginning on the financial aspects of the district and provide you an opportunity to share with our listeners a little bit more about facility updates and those on the horizon towards the end of our podcast. So let's start us out by talking about being a listener, a taxpayer in the community. What are the critical pieces of financial information that would be good for our listeners to know? Well, the district is uh, mostly locally funded. It certainly has some advantages, uh, but one thing to pay attention to is our fund balance because of that very significantly throughout the course of the fiscal year. Um, We receive the majority of our revenue in the months of December and January, so it's really important to take a look at the fund balance on November 30th because that is typically the low point of our balance throughout the fiscal year. Um, It's also important to pay attention to the district fund balance on June 30th um, at the end of our, uh, at the end of our fiscal year, excuse me, November 30th, into the, uh, towards the end of our, our calendar year, um, it's important that we maintain a healthy reserve uh, because we're not getting as much revenue from the state or from the federal government, and so we don't want to get into a situation where we'd have to take a tax anticipation loan to pay salaries in December. Uh, we want to make sure that our reserve balance at our low points doesn't dip below 14 to 17 percent. 
And we are a unique school district because of the amount of tax base that we have from our local business partners, from our local community. And that is different than many of our school districts. And that does come from our assessed valuation. Can you tell us more about the assessed valuation in the district and its importance to the revenue stream for the school district? Sure. Being a district that is mostly locally funded, our revenues depend greatly on our assessed valuation. And in order to have an increase in revenues for things such as wage increases, programming changes, facility needs, uh, we need the assessed evaluation to increase. Uh, the district, however, is bound by the Hancock Amendment, and revenues can only increase by the increase in assessed valuation, the consumer price index, or 5%, whichever those three is the lowest. So, for example, if CPI is at 7%, Assessed valuation increases 9%. The most the district can receive in new revenue is that 5% cap. And vice versa, a few years ago, we had a 9% increase in assessed valuation, but the CPI was only 1.9, so the district only got to capture that 1.9% of new revenue. So we have to watch our assessed valuation. Unfortunately, over the past few years, assessed valuation in our district has continued to climb, um, but we are, we are dependent on that for continued increase in revenues for our future programming and projects. And I think that's important for our listeners, for our taxpayers to, to know the importance that they play on the daily operations of the school district. We talk a lot in our podcast about the partnership with our community. Can you tell me a little bit about the benefit of having that strong local tax base and the partnership from our community members? Sure. Being mostly locally funded certainly has its advantages. Uh, the biggest is that the district is not reliant on state and federal funding. Um, state and federal funding is subject to legislative approval. It's subject to allocations. Um, if the state has funding shortfalls, which it typically has about once or twice a decade, uh, the school district of Washington is much less impacted than surrounding districts that don't have a solid local tax base and that rely more heavily on state and federal funding. And so as there's variations and there's ebbs and flows with state funding, uh, the school district of Washington is fortunate to remain pretty consistent because we are locally funded and locally based. Uh, state funding is also directly tied to enrollment and attendance. And those things are obviously important, important to us as well, but we aren't as dependent on our funding as, as other districts are that are state funded. So when we talk about the finance of the district, we as, a, as the School District of Washington are one of the largest employers in the city of Washington. How much of our budget that you're talking about right now goes to salary and benefit for our classified and our certified staff? Salary and benefits currently uh, this year make up about 73% of our operating budget. Um, obviously, the people are our greatest asset, and that's where our money, our money needs to go. And it is 73% of our operations. So an important, as we're talking about being fiscally responsible, it is in order to pay our classified and our certified staff, both from a salary, but also from a benefits perspective. Correct. So this year, we know tax bills in the areas were extended. Does that have an effect on our payment of our bills or even our payment of our employees? Fortunately, it will not impact our ability to pay bills or to pay salaries because the district currently has a healthy reserve and a healthy fund balance. Uh, the only way it will impact the district, we will lose out on some interest earning because we are receiving tax revenues about a month later than we normally do. So that money's not setting in our bank earning earning interest. Um, but outside of that, it really has no impact on our ability to pay salaries or pay bills. 
Thank you for sharing that. That's important for our listeners and our taxpayers to know too. When it comes to budgeting, is there a time frame for the district? We've talked in, in the Kephart podcast in the past about budget, how we spend our money. Is there a time frame for that budgeting? And then we've also talked about governance from the Board of Education. That was one of our first podcasts. What role does the board have on those financial obligations for the district? Sure. By state statute, the district has state statute, the district has to have a budget adopted by the board by the start of the fiscal year, which is July 1. So we typically, we will, we take our, our budget to the board for their approval uh, and adoption in, at the June board meeting. However, the budget development process is actually a year-long continuous project. Uh, project. It really ramps up about this time of year. Um, first thing we do is we, of course, look at the strategic plan and look at funding needs that are go along with the strategic plan. Uh, about in a week or two, we'll start having budget meetings with building administrators and de- department directors to see their needs for next year, not only staffing-wise, but also supplies and what facility or equipment needs they may have. Uh, we look at our maintenance and facility needs through a facility plan that we have in place through a rotation um, we also look at uh, work with our salary and benefit committee as we begin working with uh, human resources in that committee to look at what salary adjustments we'll make for the upcoming year. And of course, that's important to remain competitive uh, with our neighbors uh, for our workforce. And then we uh, have a board workshop in March where we really get down into the weeds with uh, what we feel we're going to need next year as far as revenue. Uh, what we expect as far as revenue and what we'll need as far as expenditures. And then, as I stated earlier, we will take the final budget to the board and ask for approval and adoption in June. We tend to be living, especially this time of year, in two different school districts. School district years, we are currently living in the 22-23, but very much ramping up and starting to plan for the 23-24 school year. And you do a lot of that with both your role in finance, but also in operations. So beyond our salary and benefits and talking about the importance of paying our staff well, the other fund that we use frequently is our capital projects. And when we talk about capital projects, that's really about our facility updates. Before we switch topics, is there anything that you want to share about the budget that I didn't ask before we move into facilities? Well, just that the budget is constantly evolving and changing as we move through the fiscal year. Uh, revenues, uh, for lack of a better word, really is a, a guess or an estimate. Uh, we, we don't really know exactly down to the penny what we're going to expect. We looked at past history. We look at assessed valuation. We look at our collection rate, and we, we make the best estimate we can as far as what we can expect as far as revenues. And then, of course, along the lines of expenditures, we have unforeseen things. We have boilers that go down or those types of things. And so as these things happen throughout the year, we do have four budget revisions. And the reason we do that is we try to maintain an, an exact budget as possible each quarter. Good. And I appreciate the transparency that we have to have as a public entity, but certainly in the School District of Washington, you and your team make sure that that transparent communication comes out during our board meetings. And I appreciate being able to see that and our listeners and our patrons being able to see that through our board docs as well. So thank you for that work. So I will say there is some exciting news that we have talked a little bit about in the podcast, but wanted to wait for you. The exciting news about our baseball and softball fields. We just started playing on those this week with our baseball team. So we have exciting exciting projects that our listeners can see. And South Point is another good example of that. 
Before we get into the larger projects, can you share a little bit about the routine expenses as a district that you watch for, that your team watches for, like HVAC and roofing, that really many of our patrons don't necessarily see those projects, but they are so vital and important to our work? Sure, we maintain a rotation um, for our HVAC, for our building envelopes, and for our roofing. Uh, we, we try to do as little deferred maintenance as possible. You get behind on those types of things, and, and then all of a sudden you find yourself in a fiscal year, and instead of having to spend $1.5 in rotation for normal maintenance, we're looking at $3 million. Um, and so we work with uh, different vendors that will come in, and, and they'll do some some checking on our equipment. They'll give us recommendations on what needs priority, and we try to stick with that as much as we can. So those are the 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 items that can't be necessarily seen by our listeners. So let's talk about those items that can be seen by our listeners. Knowing that we are wrapping up the projects from our 2019 bond issue, can you share a little bit more about the projects that were involved in that bond issue? Sure. Uh, So that was a $26 million bond issue passed by our voters in 2019. Uh, With that, obviously, the centerpiece of that project was the new South Point Elementary Building, which was an 80,000-square-foot building. Uh, Also part of that bond issue was the addition of the new library at the middle school. Uh, At each site, we had updated security with secured double entry vestibules vestibules at every building. Uh, We had a new office complex installed at Marthasville. We also upgraded uh, all our lighting across the district to LED lighting, which is is much more efficient than our our old lighting systems. Uh, We have a few funds remaining, not a whole lot, uh, but we are looking at possibly either remodeling the locker rooms at the high school or remodeling some bathrooms at the high school. Uh, with remaining bond funds. And the reason we chose the high school is because eventually all of our students, no matter where they go to elementary school, will be taking, will be coming through the high school. So since this is something that was voted by uh, voters across all our district, we try to spread it out to touch as many of our students as we can. And we appreciate our voters that did vote yes on that bond issue. And like you just said, we try and work on how many students can those dollars touch over the course of their education. And one of those is at Washington Middle School, where all of our students attend to. You shared just a little bit about those projects. Can you tell us a little bit more on the specifics on the projects at the middle school? Sure. So uh, as stated just a minute ago, the district built a, a new library. Uh, The new library has uh, 21st century collaborative learning spaces. It has a maker space. It has some new technology. Um, It's just a really, really neat place for our students uh, to to get some things done and to work collaboratively uh, in in that space. Where the old library was on the interior of the building, we took that space and we remodeled it into a new counselor's office suite with a reception area and a separate office for each of our counselors. Uh, We converted about half of the old library into a new science lab that the science teachers or any teacher at that that fact can check out and use throughout the day. Uh, We also built a larger server room that will facilitate future expansion as our technology needs continue to grow. And when we talk about the library, one of the spaces that has been new is their green green room space, but also adding in some podcasting capabilities. So we may be recording not just from Four Rivers, but in the future at the middle school as well. We're excited about that. 
We also know that one of the big parts of the bond that you had shared was for South Point Elementary. We are in the second year at South Point Elementary. Can you tell us what makes South Point such an iconic building and really well known around the area for its new construction? South Point is unique in the fact that it was truly uh, designed and built with a future in mind. Uh, it has collaborative learning spaces at each grade level. Uh, it has safety technology that is cutting edge. We have the ability to lock the building down in a split second with just the touch of a button. It has a FEMA shelter in the gymnasium that has generator backup power. Um, and just the design of the building, I believe that the, um, well, I know for a fact the architect that built that building is using it as some of their I guess their postcard for for what they mail out to other districts and so it's just a building that was designed for the future and it's an exciting place and if you haven't had a chance to swing by and walk inside I highly encourage you to do that. And with South Point the collaborative learning spaces really help our students to be innovative when we talk about engagement in lesson planning we see that very much at South Point certainly in all of our buildings but because of the space our students are able to experience that at a different level. So let's talk about Old South Point for a moment. I gave it away just a little bit that we have started to play baseball and softball at that area, but can you tell us a little bit more about the timelines and the fields at South Point? Sure. So a uh, new baseball softball field at, uh, at the Old South Point location. I, I, when I first uh, was hired at this position in 2000, or excuse me, in 2020, uh, we came up to Tur to look at the facilities and I said, okay, now I need to go see the baseball field. And, I was told we don't have a baseball field. We don't have a baseball field. District this side needs its own baseball softball field. So we're fortunate enough to, to finally have the space to do that. That's been one of the issues in the past. We really didn't have the property space, uh, certainly not where our high school and middle school currently are to house something that, that needs the space for the size of a softball and baseball field. So it is, uh, as far as the safe ball, ball, excuse me, the softball baseball field construction, it is complete. Uh, the contractor, Vernon Jones, is finished. And so those fields are ready to go and will be ready to go when uh, baseball starts here in just a few weeks. As a matter of fact, as you mentioned earlier, I believe they were already out there one day this week when it was nice uh, on the field getting some, some work in and getting some warm up and getting to use the field a little bit. Uh, we are currently working on seeking approval from the board for construction of a building on that site to house a concession stand, a set of bathrooms, an IT closet, a locker room, and a storage garage for the field equipment. Um, if that project gets approved uh, this month at the, at the meeting next week, the timeline on that is we hope to have that in place and ready to go for start of the softball season in the fall. Well, we are certainly looking forward to baseball season and softball season for the beautiful fields. If you have not driven by them, please do. They are absolutely gorgeous and represent the Blue Jay pride that we have in the school district. Are there other projects, Mr. McCullough, that you are working on as a district? Well, sure. As mentioned earlier, we always have, of course, our annual maintenance uh, rotation for building envelopes, HVAC roofs, and, and parking lots, and we'll have that every year as we as we continue through that rotation. Uh, we have the turf getting replaced at the football field this summer. It was installed in 2013, I believe, and they have a 10-year life expectancy, so it's time to, to replace that turf, and we have that approved and ready to go. Uh, we are currently making improvements on the 14th Street field just below the middle school. 
uh, for track and field events. That area is used for field events for shot put, disc, and javelin. And so we are making concrete improvements for the shot put and discus areas, and we're installing runways for the javelin. They started work on that on Monday, and those should be completed here in, in a few weeks. Thank you for that. What do you see as the future of the district when it comes to projects and requests of the taxpayers? Well, I think as, as there continues to be a demand for skilled workforce and as that demand continues to grow, I can see continued increased demand for the possible expansion at Four Rivers Career Center. Uh, we currently have some programs that are overcrowded and we don't have space that uh, is probably the best for some of those programs. So I can see the possible need for expansion of, of, of building at Four Rivers for new programs and for program expansion. I appreciate in the district that we utilize our strategic plan that we are currently under, but currently rewriting our strategic plan. And part of that is the future focus of the district and the long range planning from a facility standpoint. So our taxpayers are aware of our thoughtfulness in the next three, five, 10 years in the school district. So once again, Mr. McCullough, thank you for your expertise. Thank you for explanation of our financial stability as a district. Is there anything that you would like to share as we wrap up today? I would just like to say I appreciate being a part of the podcast today. Well, great. Well, thank you to Mr. McCullough and a big thank you to my fabulous CAPS broadcasting team today. And thank you to our listeners for participating with us as we live out the School District of Washington mission to inspire achievement, character, and personal growth in all students as they pursue, succeed in college, careers, and life. Next month, join us when we have a two-part two series on our career readiness work with Connect Washington. Check out the show notes and don't forget, you can connect with the district on Facebook, Twitter at SD of Washington and the website washington.k12.mo.us. And remember, Blue Jays, rock on, respect, ownership, commitment, and kindness.